0: This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports.
1: Shout out to the city of Greensboro. Fantastic games, perhaps the game of the tournament with Kansas State and Kentucky, the Purple Wildcats, the ones on to the Sweet 16 at Madison Square Garden. The team from Manhattan, Kansas, going to be playing in Manhattan up in New York City next weekend. Great crowds. We were concerned about that. Who's going to show up with no local ACC teams there? 17,000 people showed up. And they weren't all from Kentucky and Manhattan, Kansas yesterday, which was a really cool thing to see. The Coliseum second to none with the way that they handle tournaments. There's a reason why we call it tournament town after all. But from our standpoint, doing sports talk radio, doing video, creating content here in the triad, here was the challenge for us. How do we make these teams that we don't really care about so much around here Interesting to the state of North Carolina. This was a thought that I had while I was in the shower on Saturday morning. Sorry to paint that picture for you. It was a practice day in Greensboro, and I thought, remember when we were at ACC Media Day in Charlotte and Josh Pasner asked us, do you know the story about Coach Calipari, who he had worked with at Memphis, and NC State, and we did not. We didn't know the full story. We knew there were rumors and stuff out there, and Pazner told us that it was a bad pizza experience that he had that turned down, that led him to having a bad feeling about NC State and turning down the then-AD at the time, Lee Fowler & Company, in 2006. That's what Josh Pazner told us, and what sticks in my brain was the end of the conversation Pasner just throwing in there, if you ever get a chance to ask Coach Cal about that, do it. Well, as if the basketball gods were reading my diary, Jim Boeheim getting eliminated in Greensboro, and now Kentucky season ending in Greensboro, Kentucky being right in our backyard for me to ask Coach Calipari, based on Josh Pasner's request, about Pizzagate circa 2006 that's exactly what I did you've said a couple years ago you were close to taking the NC State job back when you were at Memphis and recently Josh Pasner told us that you told him it was a bad pizza experience that might have led to you not taking the job Josh
0: is out of his mind no they they, look I've had people talk to me throughout my career and, and, and NC State was one of those teams and and uh um you know, knowing what that league was and all that stuff, but I ended up staying, and uh, we had a heck of a run at Memphis, and it was the right decision for me and uh, probably both programs. But, uh, no, Pizza, I can't remember. hes That's the greatest thing about when you start getting older. You just say, I don't remember. Was Josh on the plane with us? He wasn't. He's just telling stories. I would
1: – he said it might have been bad pizza. That's no, what he told me.
0: No. It was mellow mushroom pizza from yep. Raleigh. Really <laughs> good place.
1: Mellow mushroom. So he does remember after all. Hmm. Hmm. So Cal provided some answers, but the aftermath was really the story. Where I heard from NC State, longtime NC State administrators at the time, who were telling me that it wasn't the pizza that was bad, it was the fact that they apparently made John Calipari go Dutch, where Cal's paying for his pizza. NC State apparently didn't pay for the mellow mushroom pizza. A lot of other people have objected, saying, wait a minute, you're going to go to a pizza chain when you take the Italian John Calipari to... One of your local spots? Mellow Mushroom. That's where you're going to go? That's what we're doing. So we got some questions here. But in the end, Cal denied that this story was true.
0: Josh is out of his mind.
1: (laughs) Which led us to Josh Pasner being on with Turner. And that clip was played on television. And Pasner stood by his story. Well, look, Coach Calipari was being courted, recruited by, obviously, by many schools. Yeah. North Carolina State was one of them. And um, he tells a story about when he, they wanted him, he wanted to go by the local pizza place because they was going to determine if, if the pizza was really good, mm-hmm. uh, that he would take the job. OK. So, well, he went there. He didn't say the name at the time. But he said he went to a pizza place and it just was not it just didn't taste right for him. So it's the reason he did not take the North Carolina State job. He judged it based on the tasting of a pizza. Now it's worked out for him because he came back and continued to win at a very high level at Memphis and then got the Kentucky job, but it was really based on a on a on a pizza deal. Oh, I forgot a key detail here. As he's saying all this. He's eating Mellow Mushroom pizza on TV. I have tremendous respect for Commissioner Phillips. Got the box owl and everything (laughs) there. So really, the big winner out of all of this is Mellow Mushroom. Mellow Mushroom. They're the winners. Great marketing. It is. So I'm going to look into the camera we have here on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We scratch your back. You scratch our backs, Mellow Mushroom.
0: Mellow Mushroom.
1: Yes. We need to figure out something here. Mellow Mushroom. A lot of, I don't believe in free advertising. I don't believe in that. So what I am suggesting here is we put together a new segment. And we get it sponsored by Mellow Mushroom. And the title of this segment, I don't know what the crux of the segment is going to be. But I know a good name for a potential segment that we can use. Josh
0: is out of his mind.
1: Oh, it's so good. Josh is out of his mind brought to you by
0: Mellow Mushroom.
1: (laughs) Who says no? Ball's in your court. Mellow Mushroom. Let's go. We need to figure out the segment. We need to workshop it a little bit. I'm, I'm watching you. Going all Robert De Niro now.
0: Mellow Mushroom. Uh
1: Uh-huh. We need to figure out what the segment will be. I feel like this is the way a lot of movies were made in the 90s. Like, they didn't know what the movie was. They just came up with the title and then created the rest of it. Like Face Off, for example. All right, we're going to do a movie called Face Off, and we've got uh, John Travolta. He's involved in it. Nick Cage is in it. All right, now create a movie based on that title. And the movie's so bad that you'd expect that's the case. Oh, yeah, what's the movie about? It's about this guy removes his face and puts the other guy's face on it. And there are many points where they just say the title randomly face off, face off. We're doing that in radio now. The segment, again, is going to be called... Josh
0: is out of his mind. Brought
1: to you by...
0: Mellow Mushroom.
1: Yes. We make things happen. That's what we need to do. NC State Pizzagate. We need to give it a different name, too, because if you look up Pizzagate, I saw you tweeted out hashtag Pizzagate. Sure. I don't think it's what we want to be associated with. Probably not. No. (laughs) I don't think that's what we want. Uh, Getting to tonight's hoop schedule very quickly. The Wake women's basketball team at home hosting the University of Florida. Go root on the Deeks, the Lady Deeks. They're in action tonight at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock at the Joel, the Florida Gators facing uh, Coach Debbie's group The in the NCAA tournament. This is probably, I think, in the next half hour or so. A 6-3 matchup between Courtney Banghart's North Carolina Tar Heels and Ohio State with the trip to the Sweet 16 hanging in the balance there. Oh, and there's Hornets basketball tonight. Me. Hornets basketball. Great stuff. Elsewhere in Greensboro, the Providence mascot was terrifying, and Sean Miller had a great Dean Smith story to tell us. We'll get to all of that next on the drive. You're on the drive with Josh Grail. W S J uh, S. Chris Cody, what do you have? Providence lost to Kentucky in the first round of the, the men's Briars. tournament. Yeah. And Josh Graham tweeted out a horrifying-looking picture after the game, which was just inexplicably the, the Providence mascot standing outside of the media workroom just staring at the wall for longer than five minutes. <laughs> Shout-out to the Dan Lebitard Show and also Sports Illustrated, USA Today, and plenty other national outlets that for some reason were intrigued by The Providence mascot, the Friar, perhaps the most terrifying mascot in all of college sports. The other one that would be in contention for that is WooShock, the Wichita State mascot. If you're not driving a car right now, maybe you could Google that and see what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly how Chris Cody described it there. The Friar was staring at a wall right outside of the media workroom, and WD you were sitting next to me Friday night right after this thing happened. I was shaken. You were. I showed you I was kinda worried about you. additional pictures and video to <laughs> I think demonstrate how long that mascot was standing there. Yes. I had video of it. <laughs> and then that's the picture that we went with. Some more backstory. I don't know if Kathy's listening to this right now. She says she lives locally here in Greensboro and listen to the show sometime. I was walking out of the workroom, and I see her staring at the Providence mascot. And I was about to walk past her, but she looked at me, we got into conversation, and she said, he's been standing there for about a couple of minutes now. So we just both start looking at this mascot. And we're the only three people that are in this hallway. There is a pregame or something going on out on the court. And it was scary stuff. Earlier in the night, I remember I was walking out of the tunnel, and the fryer was right behind me. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I didn't know the fryer was right behind me until I turned around right beyond the court. I jumped up in the air because not only did the fryer sneak up on me, it did one of those horror movie waves. Oh, my. Just did one of those waves at me. Uh, And you don't do horror movies. No. You don't do that. No, I don't. Big movie guy, not horror movies. No. So I arrived from that that the mascot knows what it's doing. Uh, the mascot yeah. knows how scary it looks and it tries to scare people. So I have no idea what the mascot was doing staring at the wall for those 5 minutes, but there are two or three possible outcomes it could be. I've been thinking a lot about this. I bet you have. Because this has gone viral, so I've had a lot of time to think about it. Uh Option number one. The Providence mascot was just adjusting its costume. I don't like this option because why not go into a restroom, which is right around the corner? And how long does it take to adjust your outfit? You're going to stand and look at a wall? Second option. The mascot has a phone, this is and he's I just starting to fire off some texts, yep. check some emails, maybe lacking a bit of self-awareness about what he's doing, staring at a wall. The third option is the option that I like the most. Because this thing is terrifying and knows it's terrifying, it's reenacting the end of... What's the movie again? Blair Witch. Yes. A movie reference I actually understand. It's reenacting Blair Witch. Which is horrible. Staring at the wall. That's what it was doing. Hoping that somebody would know it, somebody would recognize it, and take a picture of it. You did this right outside the media workroom. So, you're hoping a Josh Graham is going to walk by, take a picture of you, and it go viral. The Blair Witch photo. That's what I believe it was doing. And you delivered. Nobody else was going to find that but you, by the way. You, you were the one that was going to make that happen. Mascot reporting. It, huh. Can Don't, we find some time later in the show to talk about the Montana I State would, mascot? I would, I would be honored to. Graham's grades. Yeah. We'll get to the Montana State mascot later in the show because there are some stories there, too. But we need to get to some great sound, including what we promise. Sean Miller, among the two coaches to advance out of Greensboro, The last time Greensboro hosted a regional, Xavier got through, but he wasn't the coach at the time. Chris Mack was. Sean Miller beats his alma mater to get to the round of 16, but once upon a time, he was an assistant coach at NC State and had difficulty in the ACC tournament, which led to this exchange between Sean and I and a great Dean Smith story. Speaking of Greensboro, North Carolina, you and your brother, Sean, have had a number of games here in this building. Any nostalgia at all of being back in the Greensboro Coliseum?
2: Well, you're right. Um, when, I, when I think of Greensboro, that's what I think of the ACC tournament. This has always been a place that uh, it's like tournament town, right? I think I've read that a little bit. And one of my most vivid memories, you know, I'm going back into uh, 1997. And, you know, Dean Smith was the coach at North Carolina. And... We had a bus driver drive us from Raleigh, North Carolina uh, to Greensboro, you know, not a big long trip. And he was our bus driver and he's around us for the practices and the games. We ended up playing Carolina in the ACC championship. And I remember getting on the bus as a young assistant, our season was over, they beat us. And there was this powder blue car with the doors open. And I kept seeing our bus driver take a Coke, like a Coca-Cola. and put it in the console and he was like pacing around and all of a sudden I saw coach Smith get in the car, hug him. He shut the door and he got back on our bus. And I remember thinking, man, life's not fair in this area. (laughs) That was a lesson for a young college coach right there. Uh, that, That guy probably drove Dean Smith for 30 years. And here we are, have no idea, you know,
1: can you isolate that laugh? Right after he made that joke towards the end of the video. I think that was our friend Mike DeCourcy that we heard making that laugh. By the way, since we brought up Providence, plenty of Big East coaching news today. Ed Cooley leaving to go to Georgetown. He had been at Providence for a long time. Rick Pitino leaving Iona to go to St. John's, which is probably the worst kept secret in all of college basketball over the last few days. <laughs> it sounded like you a little bit. It, it's absolutely Mike DeCoursey. Yeah. It's got to be. He has a great belly laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Had dinner with Mike in downtown Greensboro on Saturday, the Hall of Fame writer from the Sporting News, a good friend of ours. Another good friend of ours is Randolph Childress, who once upon a time coached, coached Ish Massoud. At Wake Forest and was sitting in the front row behind the Kansas State bench yesterday in a building he's had a number of memories in as Ish Basud hit one shot yesterday. And it just so happened to be the shot that put K-State in front for good, sending the Purple Wildcats to the Sweet 16 pass, the Blue Wildcats of Kentucky this is how my conversation with Randolph sounded after the game. Randolph Childress, we just saw K-State win. First off, your guy Ish did. How that? happy are you for him? I'm just proud of him. He had a big shot. He's hit. he had his moments all year long with him. Hit the shot to put your team on late to win this game, to help win this game. is big for him. I'm just happy for him. Remind me, is that the same side of the floor that you may have hit a shot on the wing, or where, where,
3: where geographically was it? I, you know what? I don't remember. I hit a few shots here. I'm sure I, I don't remember exactly which spot, but it didn't matter. His was the most recent and most important. Was it to see tournament
2: games at Greensboro here? It's great. Right? It's a great atmosphere no matter who's here. Uh, Kentucky filled it up a lot today. You know, they're a little disappointing, but again, normally I'm neutral, but this one wasn't. I was put up in K State because of Sutton, because of Ish. This is all them and I'm having for them. One more thing Purdue's out of this region, Duke's
3: out of this region. Can this K State team get to the final well? well, they were one of the better teams in the best league.
1: They have a chance to win there now. They got to clean up some. Like that, but they're they only one left, So, yeah, not, so the one.
2: go Wildcats.
1: I love that Wildcats at the end, and rest assured, he was not talking about the Wildcats from Kentucky. <laughs> Great stuff from Chill. It's the drive with Josh Graham W S J S We love the month of March, and this weekend was the last set of basketball games WD and I will watch in person this year. WD, I did the math. 45 games, that's how many I went to since November. You've been to your fair share as well, certainly exceeding 30. To put that in perspective... Basketball teams play 31 games in the regular season, so we've had quite a year, and we appreciate all the coaches, the SIDs, sports information folks, for those who aren't familiar with the lingo, players, the fans, everybody that allows us to do that, certainly the folks here at WSJS. It's been a great year for us at WSJS and WD. Adding games onto his plate to allow for us to expand our coverage. It's been a really neat thing. Introducing video to the inner, working, inner workings as well. You can watch the show on Twitter, Twitch, and on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We're getting more and more followers. That's a cool thing. Subscribers. So contribute to that if you can. We have a lot to talk about from this weekend in Greensboro. Frankly, I don't know if we have enough time before we get out at 6 o'clock to get to all of it. Connor O'Neill was in the Orlando Regional covering Duke. He'll be in studio with us a little bit later on. But we'll do our best to recap things that happened in Greensboro by attaching letter grades to it and Graham's grades.
0: Every week is a test for your favorite sports teams. We the test if one of y'all says some silly ass name who dropped the ball i don't know josh graham has the answers i
2: think you're very condescending and a know it all
1: time for graham's grades. a through f attaching letter grades to the things that we saw from over the weekend specifically at the greensboro regional the first time The NCAA Tournament's been in Greensboro in 11 years. Hey, let's start with the Greensboro Coliseum's accommodation staff. Security staffers, many of them having to work every game of the women's tournament for the ACC, the men's tournament last week, all the NCAA Tournament games this week. If you've been going to those tournaments multiple tournaments, you've seen the same friendly faces. And I can't tell you how many people come from out of town and say how fantastic Greensboro is ramp. Whether it be parking accommodations, going in and out of the building, the ushers, how fantastic they are. All of it. In fact, Nicole Auerbach brought up to me from The Athletic that she uh, didn't realize... Greensboro would have such an elite candy bar as they do. And, man, they kept replenishing that thing. Sour Patch Kids, Twix, M&Ms. It's unbelievable. Kit Kats. They have potato chips there. They have a cooler that you can open up that has ice cream sandwiches and Reese's-flavored Klondike bars, drinks. They got you taken care of. We're spoiled by the folks at the Coliseum. It. People use it as a cliche, second to none, all of that. This truly was second to none. There's a reason why it's called Tournament Town, and a part of that is how well Greensboro can run a tournament. B. The Montana State mascot. <laughs> <laughs> he was fantastic. <laughs> that wasn't much of a game against K-State no. on Friday night. It's the fourth game of four It's late. That game didn't tip off till pretty much 10 o'clock. It was the most sparsely attended game. As a result, WD and I had been at it since nine in the morning. You showed up at Steel Hands at 830.
3: 830.
1: So we're there. Our eyes are glazed over. We're not really engaged until we were introduced in our corner of our courtside seating to champ the Bobcat. Champ, the Montana Montana State Bobcat, was out of control. He was a menace. He was. Yeah. Totally screwing with the security guard that's just trying to do his job, who had also been there, assumedly, since like 10 in the morning, using like the little paper cups as like binoculars and then putting it <laughs> on the guy's bald head. <laughs> and then twerking on him and trying to propose to him like the referees took notice fan he's badgering us courtside wanting selfies and such he ate your popcorn he did he went up to the kentucky staff that was scouting the game and was trying to give assistance to the kentucky staff (laughs) he was an i thought i legitimately thought in the final five, ten minutes of the game that he had got thrown out. Well, did because you were like, where is he? He hasn't been around for the last five, six minutes. I thought he had got thrown out because he went way over the line. He I'll- smelled like straight B.O. Ugh. Mostly because he was moving, man. Oh, he was. Never stopped moving. There was, a, there was a stretch where I welcomed the possibility after he disappeared, a player checked into the game who had not played the entire game at that point <laughs> that a coach might have just pointed at the mascot and said, you know what? That guy has energy. Get in Let's here. Throw him out there and see if he can hit some threes. The Montana State mascot champ. Yeah, you belong in here. C. Kentucky fans. So we know with Kentucky fans, it's quantity, not quality. They show up, there are a lot of them. But in my mentions, they're not the greatest people to be around in person. They could be a little obnoxious, too. Like, they did a scoreboard thing yesterday. We're on the Jumbotron. They put fans up there, and they booed everybody. Booed kids that were wearing Carolina shirts. They booed Michigan people for some reason. They booed everybody because Kentucky fans. But they did a really cool thing on Friday night. When we saw that Fairleigh Dickinson had upset Purdue, they started chanting F-D-U. It was awesome. Which... Was a really cool thing to be there in person for because everybody in the crowd saw it as the final seconds elapsed and the Kentucky fans recognized how big of a moment that was. And that chant, I think, makes them a C. It's not, they're not a D or an F, which you might expect they would be. Not, they're a C because of how cool that chant was. D. The Providence mascot. We went viral. That's the only reason it's not an F, but that thing's terrifying. Did you end up Googling wooshock No. The Wichita State mascot's the only other mascot I'd put in the conversation of most terrifying. Everybody knows at this point now, the Providence mascot is a tear. Staring at a wall. Posted a picture of it. Very Blair Witch-esque. This thing is horrifying. Yeah, the Wichita State shocker. Kind of reminds me of Chucky. Yeah, it's got the hair. That's very Chucky-like. Yeah, that's... That's pretty bad too, but the Providence mascot. I'm, I was very glad that Providence was eliminated in the first round, even in favor of Kentucky moving on, because I didn't have to see the Friar again. Well, not only that, but because your post went viral, that mascot was coming for you. There's no doubt. <laughs> I was. That's a good point. Yeah, it went viral, and all these stations are picking it up. In fact, when I went back to the Coliseum yesterday and on Saturday. People were saying, were you the guy who sent the Providence tweet? Oh, dude, that was fantastic. I had that thought of, man, thank goodness Providence didn't win or else that friar was going to go to my courtside seat and he was going to have some words for me. I might not be here talking to you today if it had happened. F. No upsets. That's an F. It was chalk. Nobody pulled off an upset. Kennesaw State, we're looking at you. Yes. Kennesaw State was the team... First game, we thought, ah, this is going to happen. You're up by double digits. I think they were up by 13 at one point. And they didn't pull it off in the 14-3. And then the aforementioned Montana State Bobcats didn't do it against K-State either. Providence was an 11. They didn't beat 6-seeded Kentucky. It was chalk all the way through. Okay, maybe Pittsburgh over Iowa State. But then if you watch that game, I wasn't an upset. The right team won. Iowa State lost 10 of their last 14 games of the year. But then, there really wasn't the big upset. And that's been Graham's Great.
0: The Drive with Josh
1: Graham, only on WSJS. Connor O'Neill in studio with us. He covers the Deeks. He covers the Blue Devils. You love the music that WD chooses on this show.
3: I do. I don't know what we're getting played into right now. Like, Is this some upbeat metal?
1: Yeah. Youth of America by Birdbrain. Okay. It was in the Scream movie. Deacon Illustrated, Devils Illustrated, Reed Connor stuff. Something I'm sure you're going to read about sometime soon if you follow his Deacon coverage. Boopy Miller Boopy. is the newest Wake Forest Demon Deacon. Which means, let me already prepare my preseason All-ACC ballot. He's first team because the last two point guards they found in the portal, Ty Appleby and uh, Alondis Williams, Player of the Year candidates, and Alondis Williams ended up winning the award, of course. Now, he's going to join a backcourt with Jalatuka that we didn't see at all last year. We'll see how it all works. Is it fair to put the expectations because he averaged 18 again at Central Michigan? This is Ty Appleby. This is Alondis Williams, considering that a major difference between Boopy and the other two are that he has years of eligibility remaining, which means he's younger, and also he does not have high major experience to this point.
3: Yeah, like yes, it is unfair yes, you should not put those expectations on him. And I would take it a step further and say, I think in Steve Forbes' perfect world, Boopy Miller is not an ACC Player of the Year candidate because he's able to play two point guards next year. Like it's kind of, you know, it's great that Alondis and Ty have done what they've done. But part of the reason that they've had to do what they've done is because they were the only option for... Wake at point guard for most of the year and most of these games. And I'm sure the ideal scenario is play Boopy Miller, you know, I don't know, 26 to 34 minutes a game, not 38 play Jawa 26 to 34 minutes a game. However long, however much they can handle Uh, Jow coming off a knee injury is going to be interesting to watch in the preseason. But yeah, you look, you're not Notre Dame with Mike Bray. You're not Syracuse playing a two, three zone. The idea is not for you to have guys that play 40 minutes a game. And if you go back and look at Steve's teams at ETSU, that couldn't be further from who he had. Like he wants to have depth. He wants to be able to run guys in and out and he wants to be able to play really hard. That's why when you go watch his preseason practices, they work. They, that's, that's a grind of two hours. He runs them, uh, He's a guy that, you know, it's it's not like he's unique in this, but he's a guy that says he wants practices to be harder than games. And, you know, by by January of the last 2 years, do you think that uh with with as much mileage as some of these top guys have been putting on that they were able to really practice that hard? So yeah, I I think I think the ideal scenario here for for Steve moving forward is have two-point guards able to play. A couple
1: things to push ahead with Wake Basketball before we get to some of the NCAA tournament stuff from over the weekend. Brooke Savage, an assistant on Steve Forbes' staff, officially named as East Tennessee State's head coach. Obviously, Wake Forest has had a lot of success in the transfer portal. Was Brooke Savage central in that, or what was Brooks' area of expertise that Steve Forbes is going to have to replace?
3: Brooks has been a very valuable recruiter um, both four-year guys and portal guys uh, maybe more importantly Brooks is an offensive savant he is there he has been their offensive coordinator he's the one holding up the, the whiteboard calling out plays and they have they it was kind of split up it was uh BJ Mackey and I believe matt woodley who would be in charge of the defense and then it would be brooks and jason shea a former etsu head coach and former etsu assistant under steve um who would run the offense so that's why it's going to be curious to see if steve brings in an outside hand or just bumps jason shea back to the assistant role that he had for a year and then he moved into the kind of the Dwight Schrute role of special assistant to the head coach uh, the for this Dwight season.
1: Schrute role, I love that. And the second thing, I think Wake Forest, the bones are there. The skeleton is there for a very good 2024 team when y- you lose some guys to the portal, but they're the expected names. Robert McRae, I thought there was an agreement that they came to that made it make sense that he would come back next year. I guess he didn't really see much of a path to the floor. Uh, Lucas Taylor got more minutes at the end after Demari Monsanto went down, but only because of that doesn't really seem like he was going to be one of those central guys. And who am I forgetting?
3: Davion Bradford.
1: Davion Bradford, who was at the K-State games in Greensboro along with Davion Williamson supporting Ishmasud, by the way, which was a really cool thing to see. Obviously, Zach Keller, a young guy they like a lot who could potentially play some center for you and did this year. And, You bring back Matthew Marsh, who's going to be a third year in the program. And speaking of that, here are some other guys who are third-year guys in the program. Cam Hildreth, Bangers and mash, as Steve Forbes called them belovedly. Damari Monsanto, if he can recover as well from this injury he sustained, as well as he did from the Achilles injury, then Wake Forest is going to be a lot better off as a result from that. You have him back. Bobby Clintman looked like an NBA draft pick towards the end of the year. Andrew Carr told me that he plans to return as well. And you have these two point guards. It's not as much turnover as you had the last two seasons. You have more continuity. And I see a couple guys who could be all ACC. It reminds me a lot of that 2017 Wake team a little bit with Clintman and John Collins being the comparison there. Except Damari Monsanto might be the most electric shooter that you see in the ACC if he can come back and play the same way. Does this look like an ACC contender to you?
3: I want to see what they add on the wings. Um, Steve laid it out for you in the in the post Miami um, press conference after they lost in Greensboro. He said they needed to get longer on the wings and they need to get a rim protector. Whether that rim protector is going to be Matthew Marsh or somebody else uh, is what you find out in the portal in the next month and a half or so. Uh, like Matthew Marsh is is a really good offensive center he's able to dunk the ball he's able to get lobs uh there's refinement there and there's there's something to work with but on defense yeah. i don't think it's too far-fetched to say he was lacking and you need somebody that's going to protect your basket that's where daryl dallas walton you know for all the jokes about his old man knees he gave you some protection in there he did not let teams score easily when they got to the basket and that happened far too often for this Wake team. Uh, you need to find out rim protection, and and you need to get longer. And that's why, that's why I think Lucas Taylor and Robert McRae, um, as good of guys as they seem to be, I mean they're six three and six four wings. Uh, you need to get longer. You need to you need to have some six 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 seven guys on your wing.
1: Now let's get the story time from the regionals that we covered in Greensboro. What was more noteworthy to you—the viral Providence broad uh, mascot staring at a wall for five plus minutes, looking like the end of Blair Witch, or <laughs> was it John Calipari PizzaGate? We need to come up with a better name because again, PizzaGate—if you look that up—I don't think that's exactly what you'll wanna. Mellow I don't think John mushroom. Calipari. Yeah, that—that's—that's that's not Mellow what's gonna mushroom. come up. Mellow mushroom there.
3: I refuse to to submit to this whole throw gate on the end of anything to call it a scandal or call it a story. That's right. We need a better name movement. Uh, Definitely the pizza thing though. (laughs) Like that is, I really want to know now if it was just like John Calipari came back to the offices at Memphis and just to get like, I'm envisioning Pastner as this, you know, 27 year old buzzing little assistant who is hyperactive (laughs) Probably more so then than he is now. So
1: tremendous respect for Commissioner Phillips. Like a Josh yeah, I, Graham.
3: <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but you did. So, yes, exactly like a Josh Graham, who is just buzzing around the Memphis basketball offices, and Perry is just like, get out of my face. Well, I'm not going to NC State. Yeah, Josh just, is out of his mind. <laughs> I'm just going to tell this guy, like, I had some bad pizza. Just go away. Go away, Josh. Yeah, he
1: wasn't going to tell the story of how Lee Fowler, the AD at the time, made him go Dutch. That that seems to be the story from people that I trust at State that have been telling me that they, I guess they knew they weren't getting cow. <coughs> they knew they weren't going to get cow, so they decided to go Dutch. Mellow Mushroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's like, Mellow Mushroom is really good. It's not believable. You hear that, Mellow Mushroom? Yes. Do really you. good. Great pizza. Mellow Mushroom. Segment idea. <laughs> we title it, once again, just pitching it again. We title the segment. What do we title it? I'm trying to think. Oh, we, uh, your move.
0: Mellow Mushroom.
1: No, no, no. What do we title the segment that we want them to sponsor? Oh. Josh
0: is out of his mind.
1: And we'll figure out what exactly that entails. But it will be sponsored by...
0: Mellow Mushroom.
1: That's it. Downtown Winston-Salem. Great spot. They have the Mellow Mushroom down there.
3: Look, Mellow Mushroom has good pizza. The Buffalo Chicken Pizza, really good. Oh. But if you are a pizza guy, Graham Slam, and you are in need of pizza, pe- you're not going to Mellow Mushroom for pizza.
1: Not in Raleigh, probably. That one's pretty good too. Yeah, I mean, they have in downtown. The one in Winston. No, I'm talking about Raleigh.
3: Oh yeah, there's. I didn't know it was downtown.
1: Good to yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, in Winston, if I'm not eating a pizza that's named after me, the Graham Slam, oh, which you can get at Pie Guys Pizza probably be eating at downtown winston salem's mellow mushroom <laughs>
3: <laughs> probably i didn't spend enough time in downtown winston as i should have when i worked at the journal but um
1: oh yeah your offices were right there
3: i was always impartial to twin city slice because it was cheap pizza and it was really greasy and you got a lot of food for your you get a lot of bang for your buck and, and they along. went they went under we were we kept them in business me and patrick Ferlisi for a good year there but they, long wait they got sunk
1: long wait to get a, a slice there as I learned after the Billy Joel show before <laughs> they shut down okay give me a good story from Orlando anything stand out you weren't there long story because Duke lost in round one which means I assume you didn't stay till Sunday Duke or excuse lost me in
3: round two sorry so. they
1: rounded you weren't there they didn't play Sunday is what I meant to say they yeah. played Saturday which means you didn't get the full weekend there I assume you were returning back on
3: Sunday. What are we what are we talking about? Are we talking strictly in the Amway Center or anywhere in yes. Orlando? In the in the Amway Center. No, no, no. Anywhere in Orlando. That's right, yeah. Uh went to a nice little speakeasy on um was it Saint Patrick's Day? No, it was not St. Patrick's Day. Went there back to back nights. Um great place called Mathers. Uh had a little like Marshall Mathers? Yes, that is what uh <laughs> was it I think it was Rod Baxley our mutual acquaint, our mutual friend He's been on the show um, fan
1: of the gram slam Rod Baxley
3: Yep Rod Baxley was uh was saying how much it reminded him of Marshall Mathers but yeah went in a building rode an elevator up uh they told us to look for a look for a book on the wall and had a o- entrance to this bar was behind a bookshelf Fantastic Almost like it was a secret entrance and I followed the lead of, uh, and I'm just name dropping like crazy over here. Uh, followed the lead, Kevin of Harlan, Stan Van Gundy, Richmond Times Dispatch scribe Mike Barber, okay, who told me his drink was an Envy, and then Envy was basically an old fashioned. Ooh, and the trick there was uh, the the nice uh, bartender put a made the drink up. Put something over top of the drink and put a lighter and just lit the thing on fire. Wow! Uh, then slowly removed the whatever the contraption was and smoke came pouring out. How many of those did you have? I'd have about
1: twelve of those. Well, let me fantastic. tell you, uh,
3: I had one because I, you know, I've been around Mike enough to know that his taste is going to be really good. It's also going to be on the little expensive side, so
1: a little strong too, I bet.
3: It was strong. It, it was good. Uh, we had a good little group in there. The first night we were probably made up half of the people in the place. Uh, and Always were, a good. They were song. ready to be rid of us. The next night when we came back, we had a smaller group. Um, I'll name dropping: Amanda Ferguson, Lauren Walsh, hey, Kate Ferg, Rogerson, Lauren Walsh, Mark Weitzman. I believe it was. Some a, of them
1: are going to be hanging out for bachelor night tonight.
3: There you go. That's right. Um, Fantasy suites round. That was a busy night when we came back for St. Patrick's Day. That was uh, about twenty times more people in there. A lot harder to hear people say anything, but it was a fun. It was it was a fun one. Yeah. Hang.
1: Uh, St. Patrick's Day threw a wrench into a lot of stuff in Greensboro. Like we were being de Courcy name drop. We're gonna drive to uh, uh St. We were gonna go to Natty Greens, but that was packed out and they blocked off streets. So we went to one thirteen went on the rooftop bar and hung out a little bit, watched some games. And then it was a little bit too loud in there. And then we uh, decided to go next door, stumble still skins, grab some wings, watch some of the games. David Hale, name drop, was uh, hanging out. So it was the course David Hale and myself.
3: Yeah, man, I just, I I had a lot of fun. I just, I'm, I'm thirty-three. I guess I'm old and washed because I'd rather go somewhere where we can talk and converse like normal people instead of literally feeling music in our sternums.
1: Music in our sternums. A man of words. Good words often. Connor <laughs> O'Neill joining us here at studio. Uh good to have you in here. Time melts away when you're here.
3: Good to be here. It's uh I'm I'm a little bit on fumes, but yesterday I slept a lot when I when I got back. So Yeah, I'm and we right both now. got
1: We didn't plan that we both were going to wear sweaters with New Orleans Final Four insignias on them.
3: So cute. Yeah,
1: we are.